You are listening to The 11th Hour, a podcast about Rancid. I am Sam Melancon from Debacle Records. I'm Brad Rose of Foxy Digitalis. And uh, each week we pick a song or a topic about Rancid and discuss all our feelings about it. But that was the format, at least, for, for months on end or years yeah. on end, even. Yeah, years. Uh, but you've actually, you've actually joined us. In the middle of uh, the end, of the, the end, <laughs> our journey to the end, and yeah. we are we are counting down important songs and topics that we wanted to make sure we got one last time to talk about before we bring this podcast in for a landing. And so, um, along that that uh, that path, one of the songs I really wanted to talk about that was nowhere near Brad's radar. Was uh, the song Policeman by the Silencers off of Give Them the Boot? Give him the boot. The first one, the good one, uh, came out on July 7th in 1997. It was a compilation put together by The Wicks, also known as Chris Coelina, the um, longtime partner of uh, Vic Ruggiero, who kind of came in to help run a lot of the A&R and other just stuff for Hellcat Records. And one of the, her first things she did was put together this compilation and took it very seriously, and you can kind of tell a lot of effort was put into who got to be on this record or not. And I believe it was like pretty, pretty cutthroat about who who got to be on this record. There were some stories I remember when I was listening to people interview her sometime last year about you know it was pretty complicated, and people were pretty upset when they didn't make it on, and you know some obscure things made it on, and you know they had to make sure things that were coming out on Hellcat or were about to come out on Hellcat were on there, but also some classics had to be on there and kind of an interesting story but um one of the sort of hidden gems the things that when i bring this era up to some people even people that i'm surprised by um thing i hear a lot and i definitely agree with is and you know what i love is that silencer song and some people don't even realize who it is they just like the song you know even my wife said oh i know this song this was on a tape that this guy made me <laughs> in high school and she goes, I love this song. And I'm like, you hate Tim. <laughs> like, she's like, no, I like this. Uh, which is funny because it's very Tim. Um, the Silencers were a band that I think in theory were going to go forward and kind of came out of Life Won't Wait sessions. Um, and from everything I can tell, we're going to be a band that finally united Vic and Tim in an actual project where Vic also gets to write. Um and the lineup here was Chris, the Wicks, um, Josh Freeze, I mean, the Vandals drummer who ended up being like the biggest LA, like, uh, you know, session drummer of all time. He's been in basically <laughs> every band, you know, he's now the Foo Fighters drummer. He's been the Nine Inch Nails drummer. He's been that, you know, yeah. basically everybody, everybody's touring to Guns N' Roses, you know, like he's, he's the, the <laughs> He's tour. the guy. He's the guy. Like when you need a drummer. And, and you're in LA. And you're in LA and you need somebody who's very like dependable and very strong drummer. Mm -hmm. Um, and he comes from the vandals of all things, I believe. Right. I think so. And, yeah. uh, um, 
never, never a thing I got into. Uh, the Vandals, I don't think they're really my vibe. But, um, you know, known as very great drummer, though. And yeah. so it's Lars, Tim, and Vic, otherwise. Um, and it's those three voices coming together. I believe Chris was playing bass. And it was produced by Brett. And I think Brett was kind of masterminding a little bit of, like, I remember Tim in an interview talking about it. And this might be mixing things up, but I'm pretty sure he said Brett was pretty heavily involved musically, too, when they were doing some of the other demos. And so whether he's just the Svengali of it or he's the, you know, (laughs) uh, he was actually musically going to be involved uh, on guitar. I don't really know, but um, he obviously seemed to want this group to go forward. Probably he was the one that hooked up Josh, I would guess. You know what I mean? Right. Um, And so... It was a way to maybe separate Tim out into a new project. And uh, it's interesting. I like why why this project needed to exist. I do believe there's some demos um, that go along with other Life Won't Wait demos that get packaged into a bootleg. I've glanced at them before. None of them have the power of this song in my mind. And none of them. I believe this was basically from that session, but cleaned up and mastered and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't think we're ever going to get anything else. There's a, but this was definitely like the idea of what if Vic and Tim actually took their alchemy and really allowed Vic to run with it. And I think this song is, I put Tim and Vic as the songwriting credits. I think this is a Vic song. It feels uh, like a Vic song. It really does. It sounds like Slackers being played by Rancid is what it feels like to me with a little bit of Tim punch in there. Yeah. Um, But it's, um, it, uh, he plays it live still. Vic does. Um, Vic does. And he yeah. comments that it might be his most famous song, but nobody knows it's him sort of thing. You know uh, what I mean? And so <laughs> I, I didn't know that until recently that he he still plays it live. But um, so, uh, I mean, good for him. Like, I, I don't think I even really realized how much of it was a Vic song until I started, you know, we, we got a lot more like reflexive about Vic and Tim right. and, you know, all this in this. Like, I just was like, oh, I love that song because it has this, um, I mean, we can talk about it. So that's all like the facts around this, this, this comp and this thing. It, it is a very weird oddity of a song. It's kind of sits out in the, in the discography in the, in the, in the history of rancid sort of related bands. You had never heard it before or no, you had yeah. never like, I mean, like lodged probably, yeah, it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, cause you know, I mean, we've talked like given the boot was a big thing for you and it was literally nothing to me. Yeah. It just, um, that makes sense. Timing and, wise. Yeah, exactly. Like, Cause it came out looking at this in like July 97. I was, you were off. Yeah. I was, I don't yeah. even know. I, I don't even know. I was like down the shrimper rabbit hole and all that stuff. Um, it came out around the same time as life won't wait. It was kind of like the right. beginning of Hellcat and like that life won't wait era. And like the really embracing reggae. And yeah. And was, like, and, I mean, kind this, of a, the, the song, yeah, I mean, this song is, it's great. Like, I mean, it's, 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 I, I do think it's a Vic song. I think that's part of what makes it so great. I think that, um, yeah, I don't, it's, it's so interesting. It's such a, well, it's such a bummer that the Vic 10 thing didn't get explored more, more fully. Why is there transplants and not silencers? Exactly. Like yeah. Like, or why is there a million other things? Like, you know, and it, yeah, exactly. I, you know, I mean, it's so interesting when, like, Tim, when you think about the people that he's had, because it's like Tim and Jesse, 
was yep. the first magic yep. connection. And that, I mean, that broke up for obvious reasons and maybe we're going to get more. You know, we've got one yeah. song. Yeah, or, it's wild. Or two songs, one song? I don't remember. One song. Yeah, one song. Um, and it, who knows, you know, where that's going to go. Um, you, <clears throat> I feel like the Tim and Lars thing is different. Mm-hmm. I don't think, like, I think there is a a special thing there, but it's not the same thing as it is. It's with not like, like two, it's not Lennon McCartney. It's not like, yeah. it's not like two guys like pushing each other. And this to me feels more like when you hear moments like this, it's like, oh, this, and, and maybe this is just because in, in the past two years, I've come to greatly love and admire Vic Ruggiero. But to me, this feels like, oh, this has the potential to be one, like a Tim Jesse thing not yes. a tim just another tim thing um and i think because and, and just listening to this song and it's you know you think the same thing with op ivy and, and tim like obviously in rancid tim is the puppeteer the ring whatever and it, to me it feels like an op ivy like with like op ivy or like with this he knew he realized like oh i can i need to step back more and give this person more space because there's, it's like he recognized there's something here. Yeah. Um, and this song, like this song is shit. This, like if you put it in the pantheon of like great rancid song, like this is up there. Like this it is, is up there. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, I'm not going to put it with like the, you know, my favorite favorites, but, uh, Stick this on like Life Won't Wait or something, it might be the best song on Life Won't Wait. Like, up, it, it, it might be, it, it really might be, but it would also wouldn't fit. Like, right. the, the truth of it is, is it sounds closer to Op Ivy than anything. I think it's like a lot Op of people Ivy feel that down. way. <laughs> yeah, it's more like reggae Op Ivy, and yeah. it's it's so it's like Slacker's Op Ivy, right? Is yep. what it kind of feels like, which is like not surprising. A lot of people have talked about. Even before we called out, but I think a couple of people in the feedback we've gotten have said it makes them think about Doom Regulator. When they think about Doom Regulator, they think about this song. Yeah. It brings them back to this song, and like the possibilities of Doom Regulator that sound very similar to this. And like what they want it to be is kind of like this song, and like they're bummed that they never got more of what this is. And I think a lot about the reasons I like Let Me Go is also a lot in this song, even though they're very different songs, but like the 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 Tim you get on this track and the and the sort of like opening of doors that you get on this track is a lot like I I put it up near like me go of just like a pure song mm-hmm. like not even like a canonical song like there's canonically great songs and a lot of them are on and I'll come the wall right. you know what I mean <laughs> but like there's also just like objectively if you drop somebody into the catalog and said like what are the best songs yeah. And you th- mix this one in, you people would be like, oh, that one's up there too, you know, like with yeah. Let Me Go and some of these other ones where it's just like, it, it, it's it's shockingly good. It's so lo-fi and like, I don't know, there's something about the way it's produced and somebody, I, I should go back and find it, but somebody really did say like, I think it was, who was the guy that was doing just those like stream of consciousness emails? I feel so bad. I should Drew? go find out. No, no, there was somebody that oh, kid that God, was like, yeah. Oh my God, those were so great. And because he, he had like so a bunch of stories, there was a billion ideas and a yeah. bunch of stories from the punk scene. I think he might have been one of the ones that said, and I apologize if he wasn't, 
Um, I'm really just getting myself into trouble. Yeah. Um, but uh, he, there was a, a comment on one of these emails that was just like, dude, Tim and Vic's voice were made for each other. Yeah. Like, there's something weird that sometimes they sing with each other and you don't even know which one's singing. And, like, even Lars doesn't have that with Tim. Like, uh-huh. Lars and Tim work really well together because they contrast, not because they fit together. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But there's something magical about Tim and Vic. And I think there's nothing better. There's no better version of this. Like, sometimes on the chorus, you kind of go, oh, that line started as a Tim and ended with Vic. And you didn't even realize mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like, I don't know. There's something really, really, really magical about the song. And I do think that there's, I, it's heightened for me because it was on this thing that was really important. It's kind of this hidden perfect moment on the the sequencing of this album. I think it really, it also ties together the weird thing about Hellcat, which is like this very like lowbrow street punk thing mixed with this very like traditional ska and reggae thing that they were doing. Um, that Life Won't Wait, it was all about, you know, mm-hmm. and... That life won't wait feels such like such a pe- life won't wait and give them the boot feel like such a piece of each other you know what I mean like like I see that. it's hard for me to separate those two out because I listen to them both at the same time and they feel very complementary to each other and again there's like songs that I appreciate because of the context of give them the boot that if I didn't have that moment with them it's like I'd be like what the fuck is this but because it all kind of come together it's a package deal <laughs> I sort of like. I, and, and because you're kind of like seeing into the the moment of this like group of people like the Wicks and Vic and, and Tim and, you know, Brett, like kind of wanting to do this Hellcat thing and Left Won't Wait kind of being like, and Rancid's going to make the blueprint record for this idea, you know. Um, right. Those two things together were really great. And then the silencers is like this secret little nugget in there that's like fuck that's really good <laughs> like it's so it's such a good pop song it's such a good um i mean that whole the 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 really percussive like with the when the the chorus is so percussive where they're hitting all those on the every word mm-hmm. with a, a policeman kicked me in the head and the got my eyes wide open my eyes what close shut mine wide open my eyes close shut like um i don't know that whole thing is just it's just a gorgeous song and it's always held as like one of my favorite things they've ever been like if you go like top 10 10 songs this is top three for me pretty wow. easily man i mean it's just i, I just yeah. love it and and it is shocking how many people who were like around in that time always like oh that silence is song man uh it's, and it's also just nice to hear them do something different you know yeah it's just such a bummer that they never delivered on the promise of it like it's, well, uh, you know, I mean, the it's, Tim thing, it's, right? It's, right, you know, yeah, no, I mean, that's, um, yeah, that's the, such a Tim move. <laughs> I mean, the next, you know, next couple of Griffin the Boots are pretty crappy and get, get worse and worse. And like, so did Hellcat you know, get, ever, like, you know, I have no big history. Yeah. Hellcat. I'm, it's all, I'm, yeah. most of it's pretty bad. Okay. I was going to say, did they ever deliver on the promise of some of this compilation? Cause there's some good stuff. Oh on yeah, here. for sure. I mean, like, but the slackers records were really solid. The first Hellcat, uh, Hepcat record was really solid. The distillers records, of course, were great. Yeah. Um, there's a really hidden gem that I don't, I, I've hesitated sending to you because it's so poorly recorded. Um, but there's this band of like kids that basically had like the um, like a little bit more hardcore vibe, kind of in my mind they they sounded very much in the tradition of Op Ivy more, 
called mouthwash that um were british kind of like in that style they um i find that thing to be i remember really loving it at the time you should go back to that record it didn't sound great but it was it was really good it had a, like a lot of the signposts of like kind of almost if you combine the post hardcore post fugazi sort of thing with op ivy and and a really, really good record. And so they had these like moments of greatness, you know, but uh-huh. a lot of it was just like, here's a generic, you know, um, ty- you know, and then if you're like somebody who liked Tiger Army and stuff, that's where Tiger Army came from. You know, like right. if you were a big fan of that world, you're not mad at Hellcat at all. I'm not, that's not my world. I'm not mad about it, but it's just not my world. Um, so like, I think in a lot of ways they did kind of become Great, but they backed off a pretty the ska thing, other than like slackers and some agrolites and stuff like that, pretty quickly, because that was out of fashion pretty quickly. And then they focused more on street punk and horrorcore or psychobilly sort of stuff. Uh-huh. And when they're bad, they're really bad, you know. <laughs> and even the truth is, like, even Def Jux kind of let me down in that way. Like the Sea Rays Walls albums were really bad, you know. Like, like yeah. the like. C-Rave's Rawls, whenever he showed up on a record, was on somebody else's record. I was like, this guy's incredible. More of this guy, you know? But, like, sometimes you just want to pump out more of your, like, cruise stuff, and it doesn't work. You know, that that I think <laughs> of a lot of the reasons I like Def Jux were, the, like, the mental vision of these guys all hanging out together. Same thing for Hellcat, right? You know what I mean? Um, you know, starting with, like, a chunk of really good records that tell a story between them that you're like, wow, look at this cool, like really clean vision of a, of a new record label. Right. And then like, as you try to sustain that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then, yes. Yeah. The first seven Wu-Tang albums and then then, everything else. Yeah. And then they all release like all time every 20, you know, a couple all time great solo records and then some less great. And And then it just, you know, like every once in a while you'll get a, like a ghost face record that blows blows everybody else out of the water, you know, but like, (laughs) Like it was kind of had that problem of like trying to take that and making it long and like like the longevity of it was really hard, and you know they they made some pretty, I mean in the end they were still attached to Epitaph and everything so they weren't like doing wild swings or anything so that's it, a, like that's a really interesting thing though to me like th- yeah I, I think I mean because you and I have talked about this with you know when we've our record labels and stuff like that was and all these things it was like the dream is having this like group this i hate to use the word collective That's, but whatever you know yes 100 uh, and it but it's a i never achieved that at all and b when you look it's a re, like who's done it well for a long time and, and sustained has, it yeah, yeah like i'm trying to think off the top of my head of anybody i don't know i'm sure they're you know i don't know most of them are three years and under like they're they're just a burst of activity yeah or a lot of creativity and then attention if you do it well you're gonna get all this attention and then everybody's gonna start getting like antsy about am i getting the right attention you know like there's there's gonna be a lot of different feelings both good and bad and and just maintaining anything any creative like white hot fire if you're capturing white white hot fire it's gonna be hard to maintain well and then i mean especially you know uh i mean anytime but especially maybe even now you know if if you do start to get that attention you're gonna want to try and sort of maximize that and cat like for better or worse cash in and then you're gonna start probably doing things that maybe um 
creatively aren't as interesting. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's such a weird. Like I think about that all the time because this, it's still even now that like I'm forty four years old and I'm like really far removed from all of it, and I still hold this. There's this part of me that's like still like, oh, I want this. Th- you know this thing, but it's. I want to make the treehouse where we all hang out and like hundred percent. But yeah, I, 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 but it doesn't. Yeah. At the same time, I mean, a, I have no idea how to do it. But b, it's <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. It, do, it doesn't work for very <laughs> like. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. It, it's uh, and it's and Hellcat to me. Like again, I, I have very little experience with that. But it, that's there's very much that vibe with it. Um. And yes, on, on there's some there's some high high moments on this comp. Like I don't love it. I think if I'd heard this in 1993, I would have fucking gone crazy for it. Yeah, um, exactly. But like, it's yeah. I, I mean, like hearing this song. Like so, it's okay. So I mean, Rancid did Life Won't Wait in 2000, post 97. But I'm like. That was, I mean, that was 23. Like, Tim, like, Tim never found this high again. I mean, he, I, that's not true. He did on 2000. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, again. But even even that is, like, a nice left turn. They were, right. he was, it was an on-off ramp from, you know, and that's more the place where, like, there was, like, two periods of good to fill in a little bit. There was, like, two periods of this kind of double bump that happened with Hellcat. And the first bump was traditional ska with a little bit of like oi and street punk right that was the first bump uh-huh. right fit ranted really well and the but very heavily traditional ska right but then the second wave of hellcat that was immediately after was distillers leftover crack um f minus like at tiger army and it was this darker more crusty like like you know like it makes sense that it was right like two three years later was 2000, like, like the, the two way, like he immediately off ramped from ska mm-hmm. because I don't think that was like selling the third records from those bands were probably not selling very well. <laughs> and so like, like y- you can see it like very quickly. Those are the two big bumps like that where Hellcat made any sense and had good selling records. And then by, you know, by indestructible, like they're often transplants and, and and to the and indestructible, you know what I mean? Like it's not even like like the promise of, of Hellcat's already kinda gone. You know, like the street punk, the 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 grungy street punk's already gone, the the you know, the he's hanging out with good Charlotte, you know what I mean? Like it's not Yeah, yeah. It's it's like it's such a compressed time now. It feels so compressed being an old man, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> like you're like that was a seven seven year window when you went through all these different phases, you know what I mean? But like I think you're like you're flashing the pan. It's almost like it had happened, like they had a little couple little bumps, and it kind of like came out in the records they made, Life Won't Wait, and then 2000. But yeah, I I think your point of like the best Tim we've ever had, he, he kind of was that umbrella period between those two records. You know, like the the peak of Tim being like, I can do anything. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah, no, for sure. Because, I mean, you know, it, it's great. And as much as I love Outcome the Wolves, like, it wasn't Tim saying, like, oh, I'm going to, like, really broaden my horizons here and try all these things and do all these things. And, um, yeah, that – and then that quickly – well, I don't know. They try to do things on Indestructible, but fuck all that shit. But, um, but that, I mean, like, I think that's the thing is, like, that arc is – Usually you have the beginning of that, which is the beginning is like 
as we just said with like let's go they weren't trying a lot of new things they were just doing the one thing really well right mm-hmm. and then you get a little bit of ska and the thing that i think we kind of have discovered with outcome the wolves is it's a they're trying some post hardcore and some emo on there there's a lot oh, of yeah. jawbreaker you yeah. know on there that they don't come back to right yep. you know like and like and there's a 90s sort of post hardcore thing that they tap into a little bit on that record especially lyrically mm-hmm. and so like he does try some stuff and he's yeah. like oh i could try some stuff then he goes fucking wild right well because there's much of this huge success so it's like oh yeah okay fuck it let's try more let's we got and they go everywhere yeah do all this stuff and then they, they they okay what's a nice way to counteract that okay let's go very like narrow yeah. okay 2000 okay that's fun too and that in its own way is kind of trying something new and then uh, and then it's like okay well, let's keep ideas. trying new stuff with with indestructible let's try this uh, mainstream pop thing and 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 it you know that like any good arc it kind of like there's a start in the end where they're basically yeah. still trying but but one is where it starts to peter out you know what i mean and so i really wonder what indestructible would be like if the whole Brody thing never happened. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> I mean, I wonder what life will wait would be like wow. if it wasn't have the Brody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll get into that one next time, um, <laughs> or whatever. I don't know in the life. Won't wait wait ep- which, whatever the life yeah. won't wait episode is. Um, but yeah, no, I it's yeah. I just this this comp is so like, and I I mean, and again, like I relate to it in this way of. Again, like I don't, I'm, I'm probably not ever gonna listen to much of it ever again. I think this song I will listen to plenty of times again. Um, but it just, my big takeaway from, well, I, I agree with you that it's sequenced really well, but it just, it has that, yeah, the clubhouse feel to it. Yes, and, 100%. And I, I have like a visceral reaction to that kind of thing because I'm still trying to find the, the fucking clubhouse that yes. is going to invite me in. Right. <laughs> yeah. All I've ever wanted, I, I will admit in my, in my most clear minded thing is to be this guy that like owns the clubhouse. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like, and I don't need to be like the front man. I just wanted to be the facilitator of the clubhouse. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm quite bad about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, I, it's, I, interviewed a couple months ago i interviewed carlos nino and who if you don't know him i don't know if people listening to this podcast would enjoy carlos nino's work but it's i think it's phenomenal but whatever but he you know he has a studio in la and you know when i asked him i was like one of the things i was like and he he produces so many records he's always just like hanging out with his friends who are all like cool musicians and they're just jamming and do it like, and making weird ambient, like jazz. And I mean, and then he, you know, basically he produced and worked with Andre 3000 on his record, which is um, still unbelievable to me. But anyway, but like (laughs) I asked him, I was like, you know, what is like, I'm just like, what is a day? What is your day like? And it's just like, you know, he's like, Oh yeah. So-and-so's coming by later and we're going to just, you know, we were talking about some stuff. We're going to just try that, see you play some stuff. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out to the, like, drive outside of town and try to find some, like, branches and stuff to add to, you know, I can record. And I'm just like, damn, dude, you've got the, like, <laughs> you got the treehouse, you know? Like, I'm in quite but it a, also must mean, yeah, yeah, almost literally. <laughs> and But it also 
that must have like an insane worth work ethic. Yeah. You know, like like behind the scenes, like you mustn't just never sleep yeah. be, to be able to make sure that shit's gonna be workable when the time yeah. comes. You know what I mean? Like, and that stuff is overwhelming to me. Like, yeah. like that's that's super hard. Like, and so. And he's taken years and years and years and years and years of that work ethic to even get to the point where all that sounds yeah. easy, right? You know what I mean? Like, like right. he had to build the, the the place and the and the yeah patterns and the operating system Decades, in his brain, probably, you know? yes, yeah, exactly. And it's like so good on him, but like also, I wonder how mentally fit he always yeah. feels. You know what I mean? Right. And all these things. Like I'm thinking about some people. I was just talking about somebody last night. I saw an old friend who's you know seen friend of mine. Um, one of my best friends and hadn't seen her in a while. And we were talking about somebody locally who's like one of the most respected people, has a good record label, mostly known for screen printing, is the most badass screen printer, screens everybody's stuff in like the metal world, all their posters. You know, if you have a like a like really nice poster, you know, that you're uh-huh. gonna get screen printed and like sell at the show and stuff. He's the guy that does it across the US, right? Oh like, wow. Okay. He's got a screen printing shop in Seattle. He runs it like him and his wife, that's it. He had a me- he had a medical problem, and we kind of realized, oh my god, this guy's going so hard, you know. Like, and it's like, yes, he's the most respected guy, and everything he does goes off so well. It feels like as an outsider, but you're also like, he's also killing himself, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like not that the medical thing even was caused, but it wasn't helped by him having to go take a break, you know what I mean? Like, like none of this is like he's having to take a long, hard look at the way he does stuff because it's like. It's, you know, like success usually comes from a little bit of insanity, you know what I mean? And so I like, I think when we say we don't know how to do it, it's because it's kind of a false narrative. Either you're faking it and there's no real treehouse and you're just kind of making it up that it feels like we're all in a treehouse together. Or if you really are doing it, you are doing it because you are so such a high operator that either you can do it or you're killing yourself. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and this is what we're talking about where it only lasts for three years. You know what I mean? Like, 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 I don't know. I'm not convinced that it's like an actual sustainable thing, you know, or a real thing, you know, always. Um, I'm not. Yeah. So. No, I mean, it's, um, yeah. I mean, it's, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I think it was, I saw yesterday cause, uh, Modern Love, the label, the Boomcat label, mm-hmm. run by the same people, like tweeted out a thing. This is all, I think, in reference of the pitch, like to the pitchfork thing. But it's basically, you know, saying mm-hmm. like none of the, nothing sustainable. Like it's like either you're rich, you're lucky, or you're a sucker for punishment. Yep. And and most everybody I know falls in that ladder. <laughs> yep. And it catches up with you. Like, it's, you can't, I mean, it caught up with me, like, yeah, nine years ago now, almost, I guess. And, yeah. And and so there there are certainly days that, these days where I'm like, God, maybe I had the right idea of, like, disappearing (laughs) off the face of the earth. Why did I come back? But I can't help, you know. But it's, but, I mean, again, it's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm still searching for that, like, there's a part of me that's like, I don't, I want the tree house, but I don't. I mean, part of it too is like, I'm super, I'm really introverted. So the idea of having to like be around yeah, people exactly. all the time, like, is like, fuck. I'm, exactly. Why, why does an introvert <laughs> want to create right. this tree house? Right. I mean, it's like, it's hard enough to get me to go to a show where I know I'm going exactly. to talk to a lot of people. So I, I, I don't know what any of that means. It probably means I need to start going back to therapy, but. 
yeah, exactly. And I, but yeah, I don't know. And I don't know if that has anything to do with this. <laughs> no, this is no, this totally does. And we, I was. It's funny. I was having this exact conversation with the person I was talking to was the person that helped me run debacle for years, especially from like a show point of view, and also did a ton of stuff locally on her own. Right. And so is she still we t- like doing stuff? She's, she's really reduced back in terms of doing stuff for anybody else. You similar to your pattern. Like I, a lot of the advice she's gotten from me and other people was like, go do your own stuff. You finally figured out how to do your own stuff. Go do your own stuff. Yeah. So your paths kind of seem similar to me. And, um, but she started doing some work for some people and she's doing kind of like some management for some people and a little bit of tour booking for some people just like really light and slow Mm -hmm. and getting back into it. But all her advice, like we've been talking about all all her advice is this very like pragmatic, like nobody's going to do this for you. You got to do it like, like for the person she's managing, like, like let's stop trying to like wait for somebody else to come in and swoop in and help us. Let's just go do it ourselves. You know, Mm -hmm. like we'll do like fuck, fuck a label. Let's do it ourselves, you know, and all these things. And that even that's hard for people to adjust to, right? Right. And it's and it's we were just been talking all about this sort of like don't exp- like stop trying to do things the way we envisioned the, the music scene working in 1995. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> or even like, in like 2010. This, yeah, but even I, then, yeah, like that like, was wrong. You know what right. I mean? Like, I mean it, well, and it's like things worked. I mean, a lot of things didn't work then, but things that did work yeah, exactly. then, none of it works now. None of it. <laughs> like, it is it is such a completely different, yeah, like, I don't even know. I was playing her records that I was going to put out this year. I have a bunch of stuff coming out, right? And and she was like, do you think that, like, how do you think that's going to sell? And I was like, I don't know. And I don't, I obviously kind of don't care. Like, 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 the thought that I would be like, I'm happy if it sells, but like this idea that like I'm going into putting out a CD of something. Yeah. Be, like the first question I'm asking is how well is it going to sell? It's like, no, then I, you need to quit. I, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't have been put, I, I wouldn't be putting out records. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like, cause nothing, is- <laughs> nothing is selling. Like I, you know, she knew that. And like, we had a lot of conversations about how nothing's selling. And, but I'm like, you still fall into these patterns when you're having conversations about like, how's it going? And you forget that, like, huge, huge artists. I mean, again, I think one time I did explain this, that, like, I, I'm on all these lists because I bought a, uh, some Rancid merch for this for this um, podcast. Uh, like, some CDs and stuff to, mm-hmm. like, have them again to look at them. So I'm on a mailing list. And I had got a ping, I don't know, a few months back. They were repressing the first Transplants record on vinyl. Just with uh, the world. Limited, limited edition run. Well, yeah, no, you know. I've seen. That's what everybody wants. Uh, but my point being, Transplants Records, not a small record, not a nothing record. Travis Barker, Tim Armstrong, haven't probably been on vinyl for 20 years. How many copies do you think they pressed? Uh, 5,000. 300. Is it sold out? It took weeks. Wow. Yeah. 300 is like how much I press right. sometimes. Uh, yeah. I, I've stopped. I've stopped. I've said I'm only doing hundreds, you know, and just doing the vinyls for breaking even, you know what I mean? If uh, It would be nice if it broke even. But like. Wow. And I'm shifting more towards CD. But like transplants, special editions, 
are doing 300 runs on private, on, you know, Epitaph and Pirate Press are like one company right. now, basically. Like, uh, like they have very little overhead. Like, wow. I mean, it, 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 there it is no suck, bottom. There's, the bottom is gone. Yeah, right. Exactly. There is, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. I don't even know where we're at now. I don't but either. it is, it, like, but, but this is like the thing. Like, you, I actually think we are getting to the root of why I want to talk about, like, Given the boot and silencers, like and, and rancid in general, I have a record label because of things like this. Yeah, I loved the idea of a record label because of things like this. Like it's not, I don't need anybody who's not are previously into this music to go out and like listen to Given the Boot. It's a really you know yeah. whatever. It's I totally like you. My Given the Boot is the Shrimper Abridged Perversion yeah. CD comp. Yeah, it's exactly. the same thing. It's the same. I mean, they couldn't be more different sonically, but the idea, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the They're same. much cooler. I get it. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of terrible stuff on there, but it's, uh, <laughs> but it's the same thing. I mean, and it's the thing that made me want to have a record. La- it's like literally that comp. Like I had a record label. I hesitate to call it a record label. It was really bad. Yeah. And it was just me and my two friends making a bunch of dumb shit. But that compilation made me rethink everything and scrap that idea and start a different thing that was modeled basically on that idea. And um, 30 years later, I'm still fucking, I mean, I'm not doing that record label, but I'm doing, you know, I mean, I'm still You're doing, it's the same thing. It's the same it's thing. All the same. It's all the same. Which makes it really hard from, you know, as we talk about, it, it's like, you can't do the things you have worked. You can't like, that's one of my struggles is that like, I've been doing this for so long that. Yeah. You, it, you just do the, the things you know how to do. Right. And it's like, and it's just getting your brain to just be like, no, like I got to think of some, I got to, you know, I don't know. Like it's. And saying yeah. this now, I'm like, God, no wonder they just keep doing the same dumb shit over and over again. It's hard not to. Fuck. Yeah, I mean, like, I have <laughs> I have a lot of, like, empathy for Rancid, right? Like, like they actually made millions doing these things, you know? Yeah. Right? And, like, so, like, why wouldn't they just try to, to, to squeeze that stone as much as they can, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, like... It also it means something to me, and it's it's good. There's a lot of stuff that's bad, and there's a lot of stuff probably like pretty horrendous stuff here. But like, <laughs> when it's good, like I like the kind of crappiness of that Dave Hilliard's seven song. It's basically the Slackers minus Vic. But like, um, I love the that upbeat song on this record. I love the Roots Radical cover. I love oh the Roots Radical cover is so good, so fucking good. The, that Swing and Utter song is by far one of the best Swing and Utter songs in that whole... Like, I, I always want to like Swing and Utters because of that song. And then I go listen to most Swing and Utters and I'm like, oh, it's nothing... Yeah, <laughs> I forget how much Swing and Utters kind of has this, like, a little bit of, like, 80s um, goth pop in it. You know, like, there's this kind uh-huh. of sad something to it. And especially that song, so good. Like, they picked good songs from the bands that already... Like, like Latin Ghost Ska from the Scottalites. You know, like, like if they're going to bring in a classic song on this comp to represent an idea they do they pick good ones you know and like they just the the songs that stick with you out of this comp really do still mean something you know and then this song is just like ah man it's so fucking good it's just so good and uh it's uh, it really does show again it's like we always like to point out when it's like why do you like Rancid so much? Why do you like Tim so much? Why are you even doing this for a thing that you will admit are probably people you wouldn't want to be friends with and kind of think 
deserve to be, you know, kind of get their comeuppance, you know, right. a little bit, you know, and that are kind of shitty. And it's like, shit well, like at least this. you can understand. It's yeah, at least you can understand a little bit when it's like shit like this. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that for a lot of people that's enough reason, but it's at least yeah. a little bit of a reason, you know. Yeah. So. If you're at all somebody who has, like, the old school feeling, like, that you can put yourself in the mindset of 97 being somewhat of a younger person, especially, or somebody who was really into the scene, it's such a fun listen to go back to. But this song is always going to be... The, this song particularly, I just think if you're at all a Tim Vick person, you're just going to love it. Yeah. But it's worth going and, you know, if you haven't picked up the comp in a while and listened to it, it's really worth it. And it's just worth saying, Vick is fucking... Of all these people that you, it's so easy to dismiss for being like, ah, oh, you're just LARPing being like, a, you wish you were a jazz guy in the 50s and like you're wearing your bowling shirt and your right. hard-soled shoes <laughs> and wh- what's that bullshit? That guy is so much more than that. And it's such a good example of yeah. why hipsters should not be allowed to fucking taste make. You know what I mean? Like, like, like you, there, there's a lot to like about yeah. stuff that is not traditionally good. You know what I mean? Like, traditionally cool or you know like there's oh yeah God. there are people that are worth following in stuff that is not at all yeah correct you know what i mean so he he's a great example of that yeah um i'm anyways yeah team vic <laughs> team vic yes <laughs> if nothing else the it's like what happened with the with this podcast it's like well team vic and we team can't... brett reed that's <laughs> Yeah, exactly. We like Brent and we like Vic, and we don't really know if we yeah. like Rancid anymore. Yeah. The two of them should start a band with Jesse, and let's see what happens. And we'd be really happy. Yeah, you know? be, yeah I'll bring the podcast back if that happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Vic, call us up. We'll put out a, a run of 100 finals, yeah. and we'll be and hey, I'd be more. I, I'd be more than happy to put out a Vic Ruggiero, like, straightforward, like, like I'll be you want to put out a bunch of singer-songwriter, like, New Orleans jazz covers like i'd be like sure yeah i know no questions asked yeah. i would confuse everybody who ever heard of my label i don't give a fuck yeah we'll press like, up like, you'll press up 100 it'll be fine yeah if, i don't give a fuck right <laughs> yeah like if that ever happened you'd yeah. have to quit the label though after that like you couldn't yeah, you exactly. would never top that like that would be <laughs> no no i could do all sorts of things in my life and do all these things yeah. and then Vic Ruggiero comes calling and people are like who and i'm like you guys <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I would be stoked. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd just be do the it one for person. You. I'd be like, "Hey, bud. Yeah. Hey, Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> I'd send Glenn one. I'd send you, and I'd be like, done. Yeah. Uh, uh, and Vic, here's uh, a yeah. bunch of records. Go sell them. Yeah, exactly. Fun. I'll just sell them to him. Yeah. I'll be like, cost. Have fun. Oh, geez. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we do have some feedback. Oh, and then one thing I would, uh, I was surprised. So Cat Bites, that band, that's like one of those bands that have. There has been this thing with like the younger folks where ska is less seen as like a problematic thing. And like, like there's been this kind of, especially in a kind of queer and um, uh, trans and, and sort of just LBGTQA um, world, ska has this really interesting following with Jer, with Catbite, with a few other things where there's like kind of this really positive, just in it's, well, it's just a type of indie music. And that, that one guy who put out like a couple of ska records, who's like not even a particularly a ska guy, but he's just like, they're starting to rediscover it a little bit. And it's like, that's really fun. I don't even know if it's like for me, but Catbite did a cover of it. And the, they have a, I believe female or non-binary singer. 
And what's interesting, they did it around the time, I think, of, you know, the Black Lives Matters protests and really threw in a new verse that like oh. went hard on um, on that sort of side of it. And I think with Vic's approval and everything. and, and I'm um, looking at the compilation that's on and Vic is on the compilation. Oh, as well. okay. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, um, I didn't see the Executive produced by King Django. So. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah, there it's, you go. There you so, go. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, he's on three songs on the comp on, on give him the boot. Yeah. So he's the singer of the Skinner box song and the stubborn all stars. And, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, huh. also a guy I'm always like, is he ever going to get in trouble? Cause I like him sometimes. I'm kind of from a nostalgia, but like, He's like a klezmer, Jewish, like klezmer music meets reggae, and he sings in a patois. And I'm always like, uh, that was one. Are of, we good with that? Uh, like, <laughs> like when the stubborn all stars song came on on Give Him the Boot, I was and I was just again not a band I know a lot about, so I was you know doing a little reading, and it's just like, ooh, I don't know. That seems like I I remember really enjoying King Django and like some of those records back in the day, and just being like this is fine, funny, sort of this music, you know, and he's from that, like, New York scene and, like, kind of that the slackers came out of and everything. And I've been like, again, nothing amazing, you know, like, you don't have to go out. Nobody needs to run out and listen right. to it. But, like, I never, like, whenever any of their songs came on, I was like, oh, well, that's fine. I like Stubborn Arnold Stars just fine. But, like, even back then when the Django record, the Django, like, record came out on Hellcat, I was like, this is fine, but, like, are we all cool with this? Like, <laughs> like... I, I don't want to be a dick, but like, yeah, you're good with this. Like, I, I just feel like he do, like I think he's kind of like grandfathered in because of the time. But like, man, I don't think you get away with that today. No, I yeah, I don't yeah, uh, you know. Yeah, but I, uh, okay. and I'll go listen uh, to it. I'll go listen to the song. Not right now, <laughs> but no, um, no, no. It's a it's a it's a cool little cover. You know, it's a it shows how endearing this you know enduring and endearing the song is um and how they did a really i'm, I'm very happy with how they pushed it along uh, and did something kind of fun with and new with it so nice. that's one yeah um we've got a couple emails about it both are a little long but they both have kind of good good messages do you want to each tackle one of these i'm happy to read one of them sure um go you can read the first one i'll read the second one so this is from Matthew R. He says, he writes, Hi guys, I'm so glad you'd be talking about the silences on the podcast. Given the boot, compilation was so formative to me. I got around the same time as I got Life Awaits, so my rancid appreciation was kicked into high gear. At the time, I was hoping that we'd get a full silences album. I guess we got transplants instead, which is not as great. <laughs> <laughs> Life Awaits in the silences track in particular shows what could have been if we got a Fick and Tim Band. Damn, I wish that had happened. I remember looking at the poster that came with the comp and sending every band and their members. I played this track so much and still add it to most of my party playlists to this day. I feel an extension of. I will say, I, like that was one of the one of the thoughts I had listening. So I was like, oh, this is going to be going on like playlists whenever we have parties. <laughs> <laughs> Great, I yeah. love it. So, anyway. Uh, it felt like an extension of Op Ivy musically and lyrically with a dash of the Slackers. This track really has it all for me. At the time, I was a little upset that Rancid 2000 didn't continue down this lane, but I now appreciate how those two albums of this time period showed the band firing all cylinders on both sides. This track actually gets me really excited for Doom Regulators for some reason. I guess I've always wanted a Tim side project where he primarily does ska, rock, steady, or reggae, though I wasn't crazy about A Poet's Life, which we've done. As an aside, we really never hit. We'll probably do something about it in the mailbag. Yeah. 
Tim and Jesse working together again is a dream to me, and I can't wait to hear what they've made. I hope we'll, we'll get an 11th hour reunion episode when the Doom Regulator comes out. I'm sure we'll do something. I, um, I would I would say if the Doom Regulator I, I've heard it's done. I've heard people have heard the record, so that, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I mean, the, the, se- I think the seventh sold American stuff. record has been done for 10 years, and it's never going to come out. Anyway, <laughs> whole other issue. Um, but yeah, if I, I will believe it when I see it. Um, I, I actually I, hear it. I hope to fucking God it does because the first yes. song shows so much promise. And, yes. and I think he's summing up exactly what yeah. we're feeling here. Like uh, we could have I just mean, read I, this I, and that would be I really, it's, it's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, the one thing I will say like that is a really good point is the comp came with this big fold out poster that had Hellcat records on it, but like written handwritten Tim style across the whole thing was every track's little lineup. Oh, and like cool. comparing and seeing like who who was in each band, and like such, like I'm such a fucking that. nerd for that shit. Yeah, like it was such a thing. I would lay it out, and I would like well, exactly what he's talking about. Matthew's talking about here. I totally did that. Like when I'm talking about the trios thing, that was so yeah. interesting to me. Oh, and then when God. as I bought the Hellcat records, I'm like, oh, that's who they were talking about when they thanked this band. I could go back to the Hellcat and be like, oh, that's that guy. You know, like. It was like a map of the scene, you know right. what I mean? Like, you know, it's funny. It's like, I mean, I've always been, I always, and I still to this day, would, but I always would get excited about, and you know, I've talked about this, like, like, oh, so-and-so from this band and so-and-so from this band, like, made this record together. I put out so much shit like that on Digitalis, and I was so excited about it, and a lot of it, most of it was so good, and nobody ever gave nobody a Nobody cares. Nobody fucking cares. It's only cared. like, it's like us. I it's know. It's like we care. I know. It's like, you just like we all made went off and made our own little labels, and then it's like for us, you know. Like, yeah, and I mean, and that's the thing I've learned. And I was I've been emailing with somebody who uh, kind of working on producing a podcast for the Foxy Digitalis Network, um, which I actually need to talk to you about that if we get off the air. But um, <laughs> like one of the things, like I was telling him, it was just you know because he was like, I don't know, you know, people want this, but do you think they'd be? I'm just like, honestly, just do what you want to do. There's no guarantee anybody wants any of it, and it doesn't matter. Like, just, like, what do you, do the thing you want to do. And that's, like, the thing I've learned. That's the thing, you and I have talked about this a lot, and you've, um, as I've developed the podcasts I've been doing, especially the two that I'm mainly doing now, like, that's been the thing I always come back to is, like, just do it because this is what you want to be doing. And it, yes, it's, that's, you know, anyway. Okay. 100%. Let's read the other email here from Dan. I, I do. Oh. I realize I do need to give a preamble to this. Okay. Dan sent in a song that I think I sent to you. I didn't re- respond to Dan immediately, but I do think I sent it to you, which was... I think so. A band... Okay, good. Like, So the, a band that he's in, Half Dizzy, I believe is the name of the band, recorded a song and then had invited Vic to play That's on it. That's right. And Vic did come in and play on it. And so... We were just really proud of it. Like one of our listeners having Vic show up on a song and was very nice and kind to them. And this is sort of a follow-up to that. So that's the context gotcha. you need. Yeah. And and I mean that's so rad. And and I remember like hearing that story and like seeing this email. It's it's one of those things where it's like, Vic is the guy I think he is. Thank fucking God. Yeah, <laughs> like, yes, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah 100%. Is him. Okay, it's from Dan. Hey guys, I can't wait for you to do the policeman episode. Hope that it's been entertaining for you. Um, when we recorded the Faceless, so that's the song, 
Policeman was a huge inspiration for the song as a whole, but more more the organ part. And after Vic did his vocal part for the song, he even texted me and mentioned that he got the Policeman vibe from the song, and it blew me away. First of all, the Vic has my phone number now, <laughs> but also that he totally heard the inspiration of his own song and our song. That is pretty cool. It really was a surreal moment for me personally, but also just as a band, it was huge. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on Policeman, Sam. Sam's thoughts as someone who loved the song forever, but also Brad as a first-time listener to the song. Sad to see the podcast go. Love hearing you guys' perspectives on songs and your thoughts on them, respectively, but excited to hear what happens with you guys going forward. Good luck on your future endeavors. Much love. Hashtag Dizzy Crew. <laughs> first of all, thank you. That's awesome. Like, those kind of, yeah. like, those sentiments mean so much. It's, uh, oh, yeah. it's still amazing to me that this stupid little idea we had resonated with so many people. Yeah. But that is like, I, that's fucking like, I bow down to you, Dan. That is fucking <laughs> rad as hell. We, we talk all about how much we love Vic, but like, and we know it's not hard to get Vic on a podcast. He does podcasts all the time. Like, we're not calling out to Vic. We're not like, we're not I know. chatting any of these people up. We're not having them place on our songs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like that's great. And I, I, yeah, I feel like somebody who understands how cool policeman is to it's somebody who deserves to have vic on their right it's not just like oh i like slackers we should have vic on our song no yeah. you understand fucking silencers yeah you get to have vic on your your album you exactly so, exactly yeah and keep doing what you guys are doing like i the song was cool and i think you know it's like we were just talking all about how hard it is but like keep just doing it do it for yourself like mm-hmm. figure out a way to do it and and find your people and I think you guys have enough talent and, and, uh, you know, whatever drive it seems like. So like, yeah, I, I, I you guys are probably a good example of like, <laughs> it's hard out there. You know, yeah. you guys are probably hearing us like a multi-person band is, is one of the hardest things to be trying right. to do right now. And so, uh, I, I appreciate it and I, I, I see you. And so, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's awesome stuff out there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Reminder to everybody, get in your mailbag questions. Um, get in. God, I don't know what we'll have recorded by now. We probably should have figured that out before we started recording this. Well, no. Okay. I think by the time this comes out, maybe we won't have recorded the outcome I think, the I think we'll just talk about the, yeah, let's talk about the next three again. Okay. Just in case. Yeah. yeah. And if and if we've already recorded the outcome of the Wolves episode, like, and you send in something, the mail, you know, there's still the mailbag. So, again, yeah. last three episodes, Outcome the Wolves focused predominantly on Ruby and Time Bomb, I think. Um, and we'll see what else. But that, I mean, those are the two biggest songs, and we haven't done them. Mailbag episodes. So, get in questions about Rancid, anything and everything that has to do with anything. Like, doesn't have to do with Rancid. That was really poorly stated. Uh, <laughs> Like send us questions about anything. If you want, and, and or send us if you want to just tell us we suck. That's fine too. Um, I don't, you know, I don't care. But you can. This is your this is your moment. But yeah, like anything we didn't cover that you think we should have talked about. Um, I don't know. There was I remember the first mailbag. Someone asked for like recommendations of experimental stuff to start with, and that was really cool. But not not saying anybody yeah. needs to do that. But I'm just saying like literally anything goes. I mean, you can ask us for our what our favorite pizza toppings are. I don't know. Fuck. Um, I don't know why you care, but if you do, cool. Um, and then the last episode will be about Journey um, and just kind of wrapping it up. So, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. 
Yeah. Um, and you should go listen to my other podcast, Songs of Our Lives, if you haven't done that. Yes. Because that, frankly, it fucking rules. <laughs> it's great. You have Vic Ruggiero on that. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> That's really, okay, interesting idea. I bet he would love, I bet he would be great. Damn. Yeah. Okay. You you listen to some sweet songs for sure. Oh my god. Oh shit. This is like that's a really good idea. I'm putting that in my <laughs> list. Okay. Anyway, uh, thank you all for listening. And uh, you know how to contact us ran- at Rancid Pod on Instagram, and go to our link tree in the show notes, and you can send us an email, send us a voicemail. That's about it. See you in the pit. The policeman will kick us in the head. <laughs> <laughs>